This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. When the nights get cold and the lights go out, the sun is gone behind the clouds, and you feel lost, and I'll reach out to guide you home with my lighthouse. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa. Welcome to Lighthouse of Hope. I'm your host, Michael Hempseed. I'm so glad you're joining us on today's show. I have some very exciting news to share with you. Over the past year, I've been working hard on setting up a new mental health service called Frontiers of Hope. And as of yesterday, this went live. So the website for this is foh.co.nz. Currently, it is based in Christchurch, but we have online appointments available for people in other parts of the country. I want to explain a little bit about the motivation for setting this up. My first motivation is that we have a mental health crisis in this country, and in a modern country like New Zealand, it is totally unacceptable. It is unacceptable that if someone is in crisis, they often have to wait months and months to get the help they need. Often when they do get that help, they don't actually get healed, they just get a little bit better and they still struggle for years and years. Over the past couple of uh, months, I have talked to so many people that have had PTSD for, say, 30 or 40 years, and they've never found any treatment for it. They say, we've tried pretty much everything that's available in New Zealand. The reason I set up Frontiers of Hope is there are many better treatments than what we have currently available to us. It is not just in terms of psychological help. There's been numerous reports that show that in the OECD... New Zealand is often dead last in terms of access to new medications. Not only that, it often takes us 10 years longer than some other countries to access these. When it comes to mental health treatments, there are many better treatments than what we currently have available. Many of the treatments that are widely used in New Zealand were developed in the 60s, 70s and 80s and to be honest they're not particularly effective. But there are better ways of doing this. I've been aware of many of these new treatments for over a decade now and I've always wondered when is someone going to bring this to New Zealand and I sat and waited and I sat and waited And when Labour announced that they'd put all this money into mental health, I thought, finally, change is going to happen. But that change did not happen. So I thought, if no one is going to do this, it will be up to me to do this. Now, I do have to confess, I feel I am not the right person to do this. There are probably many other people far more qualified than I am. But it would seem that none of these people have done that. I want to take a moment to talk about innovation, and I think New Zealanders are known as a very innovative people around the world, and yet we seem to be losing that rapidly. When it comes to new ideas and innovative ways of thinking in the mental health space, 
we really haven't brought on many new ideas. This is incredibly sad because, say, unlike interior decorating, if you get the colour of the curtains wrong, it doesn't really matter. When it comes to mental health treatments, if these are not the absolute best they can be, people can die. So we must take this seriously. I've been watching um, and learning a little bit about World War II. Uh, there's a very good film out at the moment called Operation Mincemeat. And this is where a group of British intelligence officers dressed up a dead body uh, with um, faked documents to try and convince the Germans that they were landing in a different location than they actually were. And when I watched this movie, I just thought, this is an incredible show of innovation and creativity and I've also been learning about uh, what it took to break the Enigma Code and the Great Escape. If you don't know what the Great Escape is that's uh, during World War II there were a lot of soldiers in a concentration camp and they devised this extraordinary plan to get out. Instead of building one tunnel to try and dig under the camp they built three and the logic was that if one of them was discovered the soldiers wouldn't think there'd be any more. They all set up a truly ingenious system. Uh, they had their own ear tunnels and lots of other things that were really very clever. And so there's a couple of examples from World War II. And when it comes to mental health today, I ask myself, well, where is this innovation in New Zealand? Where is this pushing of boundaries? Where is this uh, finding out what's new and really bringing this to New Zealand? And by and large, that hasn't happened. So I just want to talk about a couple of the treatments that we have available at Frontiers of Hope. The first one is something called the Safe and Sound Protocol. This was developed by Dr. Stephen Porges. He's an internationally renowned neuroscientist. And what happens is you listen to these special sounds that help calm and soothe a part of the brain called the vagus nerve. And a lot of people that are, say, prone to anger or prone to anxiety, after they go through this treatment, their nervous system starts to calm down. And when I read about this and saw the research behind it, I started to realise this is an incredible treatment. And it only requires five hours in total of treatment, and not all at once. And I thought, well, why don't we have this here? So uh, we've got lots of people trained up in this at Frontiers of Hope, and we'll be offering this. Uh, it can be available online as well. You don't have to see the person face-to-face. Uh, -face. And it really struck me that there's this really powerful solution that's out there, and yet very few people in New Zealand have even heard about it, yet are willing to try this. So within the next few years, our goal is to try and train up two to 300 people around New Zealand. We know that we have skyrocketing rates of anxiety. We know primary schools in particular are seeing a massive rise in violence and problematic behaviour. And instead of thinking, well, how do we discipline these children? We need to look at some of the underlying causes. And in many cases, this is dysregulation, this is anxiety, and this is worry. Another treatment that we're offering is something called neurofeedback. Traditionally, um, unfortunately, this has been written off as pseudoscience, but uh, recently there's been a number of uh, carefully run studies. It shows that it can really help people with, say, ADHD and even PTSD. Um, there's more information on the website about this, 
one large community study found that if people have this treatment, there is an 84% reduction in people needing hospitalisation for psychiatric reasons. That is one of the most successful treatments that I know of. And so there's only a couple of sites throughout New Zealand that offer this, and it costs a lot of money. So I thought, well, you know, why don't we do this here? And so it has been a bit of a journey. And as I've gone through this journey, I've started to realise some of the challenges with innovation. Um, If you're starting from scratch, neurofeedback can be really challenging. Uh, You know, when I googled this, there were all sorts of confusing um, sites that came up and the information wasn't particularly clear. Um, There's all sorts of different devices, all sorts of different protocols. And so it was really quite confusing. There was an interesting study that was released a few years ago that showed a lot of students don't take up science because they find it too difficult. But what they found is that if you can teach people um, about um, the difficulties that famous scientists had, such as Albert Einstein or Marie Curie, you know, these people didn't get it right from day one. Many of these people really had to stick at it and they found it difficult. And if you can teach people that sometimes science isn't always that easy, but if you persist with it, you will get it, they found that more people were willing to take up the sciences. And so um, neurofeedback has been a bit of a challenge to bring along. It certainly has not been an easy journey. But I think sometimes people get put off because of innovation, because of some of the difficulties in learning. But that's all part of the challenge. So currently we have uh, one site in New Zealand that will be offering that within a couple of weeks and we want to build other sites throughout New Zealand so that anyone in New Zealand can have access to this really powerful treatment. One of the things that we know that really builds psychological health is community, connections. And yet, when I look at all the mental health treatments that are widely available, unfortunately, we often neglect connections. Just got a couple of interesting facts about how important connections are. The largest ever study of longevity or how to live a long life found that the single biggest predictor of how long you live a long life had nothing to do with smoking, what you eat, obesity. Those things were moderately important. But by far the biggest and most important factor was deep, stable connections. And so the science really says that this is one of the fundamentals of well-being. And yet so often um, when people see a mental health service, they don't focus on this. So that's something we also want to look at. And if you've been one of my regular listeners, you'll know that I go on and on about sleep because the science says this is absolutely vital. And unfortunately, um, sleep is something that, again, many mental health professionals don't consider. And so this is something that we'll be looking at and really trying to make a big difference in this space. I just want to point out a couple of other things about the way we work. So the way that Frontiers works is it's what's called a multidisciplinary team. One of the big problems we know is that many mental health workers are burning out. They're exhausted. And one of the reasons for that is they're often carrying many really complex clients on their own. And this can be very difficult. But we work in a team, and so it's not one person's responsibility to look after someone. Uh, We do this in a team environment, and that really spreads the load. 
One of my goals with Frontiers was to be the most innovative mental health company in New Zealand. And I don't want to just do this in terms of the treatments that we offer. I want to do this in terms of the way we look after staff and in the ways that we approach absolutely everything else. For example, uh, there's been a lot of research that's gone into, well, how do we make the therapeutic space really safe and how do people get the best out of that? But one of the things that I've noticed is many people don't actually get a lot out of their therapy sessions. And that's because before the therapy session, they're trying to get a car parked. They're in a really frustrated and stressed state of mind. They often have to drive around the block many times. They come in late. They dash into the office. They say, I'm so sorry. And, you know, if you think about that state, they're in a high state of stress. They've got lots of cortisol in their system. And that's not really a good environment to engage in therapy. So we want to do things like ask clients to come in, you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes earlier, come in, have a cup of tea, sit themselves down, get themselves in a good frame of mind, so that that way they're not rushing. So we want to try and rethink everything that we do in terms of this space. This can be really challenging and sometimes, to be honest, I don't know the answers and sometimes uh, I'm taking blind guesses here. But what I do know is what we're doing often doesn't work and so we need to be willing to try things. I'm very confident that we have an excellent team so if things don't always go to plan, we can work at this and we can try and support each other. So this is uh, something that I've really been working on and Just because we've done something, say, for the last 50 years, doesn't mean to say that, well, we need to um, do this for the next 50 years. Human beings can change and adapt to our environment. And I often feel in the mental health space, we feel we've done something this way for a long time. Let's keep doing that way, doing it this way in the future. And really, that's not what we need to be doing. Uh, you know, I love science because science is always finding out new things. Um, it's never the same. Uh, if you read um, some of the latest ideas in psychology today, they're very different from, say, the latest ideas of five or ten years ago. And this is really exciting because it means we can be getting better and better each day. In previous episodes of Lighthouse of Hope, I've talked about uh, the work of Mihai Cheek Sent Mihai. And he said that um, if people get into what's called a state of flow, they really love what they're doing. And a state of flow is where um, you lose yourself in enjoyment of what you're doing. An example of this could be an artist that goes into their studio. They might think they've been there for 10 minutes and they discover they love this so much. They discover they've been there for five or six hours. They totally lose themselves in the enjoyment of it. And um, Mihai Cheek sent me higher says that it's actually possible to get into this frame of mind quite easily. And he says that continual improvement is one way to get into that. And that's what we want to do with Frontiers. We want to say, well, if we got someone better in six weeks last time, how do we get someone better in five and a half weeks or five weeks? How do we have fewer um, side effects? How can we um, do this better? So we want to always be challenging ourselves. And hopefully that will reduce things like uh, burnout. And hopefully that will make an enjoyable working environment. 
if I can be completely honest, uh, trying to set something like this up is not been easy. I mentioned the challenges with trying to um, look at neurofeedback, uh, but also trying to do things that not many people um, have done. Uh, there have been lots of challenges along the way, and if I had my chance to do this over again, there's lots of mistakes that I've made that I wouldn't make um, a second time over. And sometimes part of learning is about those failures. And um, for those that have regularly listened to the show, you'll know I talk a lot about the power of failure. And one of the things that does seem to be really prevalent today is many people um, make a mistake or something doesn't go to plan and they just give up and they just quit. And I think that's tremendously sad because these people are never going to achieve something. Everyone that I know that has achieved great things throughout their life has had many, many hurdles. And um, look, I could fill several shows with uh, all the hurdles that we've had with Frontiers of Hope. Uh, One of the simple ones was I was told uh, it would be one day to set up a bank account. And then when I rang up, they said, oh, our business team has a delay of eight weeks. So um, just, you know, there's been lots of challenges like that. And... I really encourage people that if there's something that you want, if there's something in your life that you want to achieve, the road to success is not easy. It is not always straightforward. There are many uh, setbacks. There are many times when things don't go to plan. And unfortunately, I've seen some people get derailed by that. But I think it's really important that um, we do try and persist And that uh, if the first thing you try doesn't always go to plan, you try another thing. And if the second thing doesn't always work, you try something after that. So why why did I do this? You know, there's probably, I probably could have set up a for-profit business, probably could have made a fair bit of money. Why am I doing this? Well, as my regular listeners know, for the past decade I've been involved in a lot of suicide prevention work. We cannot do this anymore. We lose at least 600 people in this country to suicide every year. We don't have an exact figure, but there are at least hundreds of thousands of people living with severe mental illness. These are people that live in abject misery. They have no hope, they have no joy, and life isn't much fun. It is not only these people, a lot of their families also struggle as well. But it doesn't have to be that way. We can change things. There are many successful models overseas that are getting great results. So why am I doing this? Because we have to do something about the mental health crisis in New Zealand. We've talked about this for long enough. It is now time for action. It is now time to have a clear plan and not just talk about this and say, yes, we need more services, but to actually put those services into practice and to actually start to get results. There is no reason why a country like New Zealand has to have a mental health crisis. We could have some of the lowest rates of mental illness in the world. And I genuinely believe that. I believe we have the science, we have the technology, we have the research, we have the interventions. It is doable. 
So it's not a lack of, I don't think, money, it's not a lack of resources. I think in many cases it's a lack of willpower. And I really challenge people that are listening to this to think, well, can we do something about this? We need to make changes. The final thing I'd like to say in this show is that uh, if there are any listeners um, that want to help, there's a couple of things that would really help us. Uh, The neurofeedback equipment, uh, there's a couple of different types of it. Um, They often range between $20,000 to $24,000. I wonder if there's any listeners out there that have maybe got a little bit of money and um, ideally an outright donation of this would be incredible. But if there's people that wanted to offer us either a no-interest or low-interest loan over three years, um, we're very confident we could pay this off. And my goal is to get, you know, maybe 20, even 30 sites of this around New Zealand within the next couple of years. And I don't just want to put this in the big cities that often have quite a bit of access to help. I want to put this in the smaller regions around New Zealand. Uh, Maybe you don't have that money yourself. Uh, Not everyone does. But maybe say you're part of a school, a rotary club, um, a large business or something like that. Maybe you could run a fundraiser. Um, I'll put the contact details up for Frontiers of Hope a little bit later. Uh, Maybe there's something like that that you could do. Um, I've been working on getting some funding for this. I've got about $32,000, which is a great start, but um, we need more. And so um, that's one of the things that I really want to work on, is trying to get um, as many sets of this neurofeedback equipment as we possibly can. Currently, um, there's a couple of places around New Zealand that offer this, and it's $200 per session. You know, that's a lot of money. Um, We're trying to get this down to $75, and maybe even less. So we're desperately trying to make this as cheap as possible, and remove as many barriers to access. Uh, But if there is anyone that either has the money, or would like to run a fundraiser, please do get in touch. Or if you would like to um, check out the website, or maybe you know someone that needs help, uh, the website is foh, that's for frontiersofhope.co.nz. We do have appointments available, so we have no wait list. So um, I know many people around New Zealand say, there's just no hope. Um, You know, we're waiting months and months for treatment, but we do have some sessions available. So that's what I've been working on over the last uh, year. It's been quite a journey here, but I'm committed to doing everything that we can to try and reduce the horrific suicide stats that we have in this country. I'm Michael Hempseed. Thank you so much for listening. When the nights get cold and the lights go out The sun is gone behind the clouds And you feel lost and I'll reach out Guide you home with me